But the general idea that I'm working on here is uh, an open source wrapper for Bitcoin Core. Um, the broad approach is going to be to... I, I'm thinking it is like a, a skin for Bitcoin Core, right? That that you have your buddy download who comes to you and says, man, I got to get my coins off and have been exchanged, but I don't know the first thing about self-custody. I, you know, I get asked that question so much where people are like, what should I do? How should I store my keys? What's the best practice for security? Um, and what I think Bitcoin is really lacking is like an open source application that that adheres to best practices for privacy and security that you can point some that's noob friendly, right? Something that I can point somebody to that has really good UX that will walk them through, handhold them into like the absolute best setup for security and privacy. And and that's not just good for newbies, like that's also good for experienced users of Bitcoin who maybe have false confidence in their security setups or um, want to contribute to like an open source effort, um, you know, to, to like pool resources and knowledge to develop these best practices for privacy and security. So that's really like what I'm targeting with Arctica is um, like a free and open source skin for Bitcoin Core that that delivers a user experience for optimized security and privacy. And one of the main ways that we're looking at approaching that is um, through multi-sig primarily, but by using those uh, that seven-key multi-sig quorum to create separate accounts um, so that the user can choose to allocate their funds based on how much liquidity they need access to in like a short-term basis. So you'll have like an immediate account that's kind of like a checking account where it's a little bit less friction to spend from. It'd be like a two of seven and and it wouldn't be a super big deal if you um, used your node as your signing device for that two of seven. And then like a, like a more high security area, you could think of like a savings account that's a five of seven. Uh, and that would be air gap signed and that would have a, a time lock on it as well. And there's... A lot of abstraction kind of going on in the back end to, um, to one, make the time lock um, not very intrusive. Like it, it's just going to be one of those things that you know about when you fund the account. And it says, hey, you know, you're not going to be able to get these funds out for four years. Uh, and there will be some redundancy to break the time lock early, but it's going to be kind of complex um, on the back end side. And then it's going to have a high cost for the user. Because uh, one of the things that, that – we want to do with this. One of the problems with multi-sig right now in general is that um, you have to have a descriptor with every single key. And in most setups, like that key and that descriptor is going to be stored in clear text, meaning like unencrypted. So anybody that finds any one of your multi-sig keys can't spend your Bitcoin, but they can find your transaction history. So they may know exactly how much Bitcoin you own, um, take some guesses at where it came from, take some guesses at uh, what you've spent it on recently. Uh, none of those things are good for privacy, right? Especially if we're trying to create a solution that, that optimizes for security and privacy. So the general idea here is that everything in this setup, each each package, package being like a spending key and a descriptor, is going to be encrypted. Uh, and, and I think that th we've come up with like a pretty elegant solution for doing that in a way that also provides redundancy. Because um, it's hard to do 
privacy where, where you're encrypting information like that in a distribu distributed key quorum like this and also have some redundancy. Uh, but I think we figured out a way to do it with the Blockstream pin servers, which is a really exciting thing that I, that I can't wait to um, see if we can actually deliver on. But uh, does anyone have any questions about like the general stuff that I'm talking about here or, or any feedback on the ideas? Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about like sort of some of my motivations for these design decisions. Um, I feel like multi-sig in general is kind of underused in terms of the benefits that it provides Bitcoin users in terms of uh, security. Part of the problem with multi-sig is that it's there, there isn't, uh, um, well, so Spectre makes it pretty easy to do, right? Like there are some user experiences that make multi-sig less painful than it is otherwise. Like if you're trying to get somebody um, to construct the transaction themselves, like from the CLI, like you're not going to expect most people to do that. Uh, and then you have like a lot of the more proprietary multi-signature solutions, like what CASA offers. Uh, I think Unchained might offer something like that to you. I'm not positive. But like, I don't think that those are very good solutions. Like I don't really like, I don't like, uh, proprietary software approaches to security in Bitcoin. I'm much more of a fan of, I would like to see more work done on open source protocol development where, um, you know, everything's out in the open and, and people can attack this thing in broad daylight because that is how we're going to get better security assurances for the end user. And Bitcoin itself is open source, right? So like, why would we be taking um, one step forward and three steps backwards, you know, using closed source software applications on top of Bitcoin. Uh, I can think of very few, very limited application spaces where any type of closed source application or hardware or software is useful on top of Bitcoin. Uh, generally, we're going to be losing security assurances by doing that, giving up all of the security assurances that we've gained, you know, by having an open source monetary protocol like Bitcoin. Um, so that's really like kind of where the heart of this thinking starts is that a lot of the multi-sig protocols that we have now are kind of inadequate. Like I think Spectre is pretty good, um, but what Spectre, Spectre is great for like a, for like a power user who says, okay, um, I'm going to spin up Bitcoin Core, I'm going to um, connect it to my Spectre, I'm going to use Spectre API to um, do all these fancy things in the background on this virtual server that I'm running or whatever. It, it's really good for that, but I don't think that it delivers like an optimized experience for a newbie. Like if, if you tell a newbie, hey, just spin up Spectre and point your Bitcoin Core at it and just use that, um, they're going to like look at you cross-eyed. They're going to have no idea what you're talking about. So what I'd like to see is a more tailored experience with kind of with UX at the forefront of um, the way the application is designed to take a user from, okay, you know, you know, the absolute basics of Bitcoin, you know how to send and receive Bitcoin. Um, you can, you can spend a little bit of time figuring out, you know, how to um, flash like an old laptop with Linux to get a, a Bitcoin core node up and running. Like that's not too difficult. That's something you could teach most people to do. Um, now let's, let's give them a piece of software that's open source and walks them through the process um, to take them from, you know, like a low level understanding of Bitcoin to a very optimal setup for privacy and security that uses multi-sig to create redundancy, you know, not just uh, against attackers, but against like their own stupidity. Right. Because I think, 
in Bitcoin security, a lot of times we overestimate the threats that come from external sources and underestimate the threats that come from internal sources. And a lot of people engage in like really bad um, privacy and security practices just because they don't know better. Like people that set up um, like a, like a BIP 39 wallet, like a hardware wallet, and they use one of those deterministic seed phrases and then they memorize a passphrase and they don't write it down or they do write it down and they keep it right next to their seed phrase, which Neither of those options are really ideal if you want both um, secure Bitcoin self-custody and redundancy, right? So we need to come up with like, as, as, a, as Bitcoiners, like especially if we want self-custody to be less scary to, you know, individuals and uh, to businesses and to large entities, like we need to remove some of the friction that is there for people who are scared to make those mistakes as they should be right because nobody bails you out in bitcoin uh when you make mistakes it's it's all on you so as i think as bitcoiners especially as early bitcoin adopters or as you know some of the more technical folks uh, a lot of the heavy lifting that needs to be done in this space is still around delivering optimized user experiences that solve these problems of you know how do we achieve how do we obtain how do we reach optimized security and privacy um, for a newbie, right? Who maybe he bought a few thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin on Coinbase. And his question is, okay, what now? Um, that is a, like, a, that's one of my least favorite DMs to get because the right answers, like every time I've, I've had somebody who's new to Bitcoin, send me a DM and ask like, okay, I bought some Bitcoin on Coinbase. Now what? Uh, I dread it because the easy, so the easy answer, right, is to say just well, we'll just like go buy a Trezor, right, and move your coins onto a Trezor. But I don't, I don't believe that that's the right answer, right, because I think in a lot of cases you might be setting a user up for failure uh, with that advice because if if you're not covering a uh, hundred different edge cases in your oh just go buy a Trezor explanation, then there's a lot of opportunities there for them to lose their funds. Um, for them to have their funds stolen, for them to really take a serious hit to their privacy. Like if, if they're just plugging the treasure in and connecting it to Satoshi Labs' backend, that is not good for privacy and arguably not very good for security. If they're just buying a treasure off of Amazon, that's really bad for their security. And they're probably better off leaving their coins on Coinbase because that treasure could be infected with malware. And if they're just like plugging their treasure into their regular computer that they while they browse Pornhub in another tab, like that's also really bad for their privacy and security, right? So there's all these edge cases um, that you, you'll have a really hard time explaining to someone who's really new, who you do, like, and, and the reason that you say, oh, just get a treasure is because that's an easy thing to point them to uh, that you think will mostly be okay in most circumstances, right? But there's a lot of edge cases where it isn't. Um, so why why don't we as Bitcoiners like develop open source software that guides a user to a more optimized um, and secure and private self-custody solution rather than like throwing darts at the dartboard and saying, well, yeah, good luck. I hope you hit the bullseye uh, and, and forgetting to mention to them like, oh, by the way, if you don't hit the bullseye, you might lose your life savings or whatever it is that you're you're trying to move onto that treasure. So that's where a lot of the thinking comes in terms of like, one, delivering a user experience first. Like I think 
that's um, where a lot of work is lacking, particularly in open source, right? Because this is something that the proprietary uh, guys do really well, like when they're developing proprietary hardware and software self-custody solutions, is they really nail UX, right? Because they can bring in product designers, they can uh, spend tons of time doing product cycle iterations and like really nailing user experiences. They can get feedback from their customers. Um, they have paying customers with skin in the game. Um, but I think that we can deliver an as good or better experience if, if like with open source software, if the right people are focusing on the right parts of the application. And I think we can do it in a way that, that really makes a lot of business models built up around this, like monetizing people's desire for secure Bitcoin self-custody solutions, that doesn't need to happen. Like that business model can be made obsolete. Uh, and there's probably plenty of people that don't want that business model to get made obsolete, but that's kind of the beauty of open source software. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's intended to do is to make proprietary solutions to certain things irrelevant uh, because open source simply does it better because anybody can come along and poke holes uh, in an open source software design and say, oh, no, hey, you should do it this way or, oh, hey, if you do that, I'll be able to steal you from you or compromise your security or privacy in this way or that way. Um, so that's that's the foundational thinking, right, is that like open source software really provides a lot of opportunities for that type of collaboration. I'm going to see if anyone wants to come up on the stage here, if anyone has any questions. Jeremy, you're up on stage. Anyone else want to come up? You're welcome to come up. All right, there's three of you up here now. You guys got any questions or any feedback or any thoughts on some of the stuff I'm talking about? Hey, or, definitely. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. For your project or the project that you're sort of working on, you have a GitHub on it because I sort of searched and a few Arctica came up don't know which one yeah so i have a github but really um there isn't really much code written for this yet right now i'm mostly still in the design process so i have a fairly large figma file if you're interested in taking a look so i'm using the bitcoin ui kit to design um the ux flow for this because there is a ton of ux work to do so if you're interested in seeing like what i've got so far like i could share the figma with you just send me a dm on twitter Cool. Yeah, because I, I was interested when you mentioned about, you know, putting like a UX UI sort of shell onto Bitcoin core, right? Where, you know, interacting with core, unless you know what you're doing, you make mistakes along the way. And, and I don't know, I mean, as somebody who learns by, you know, by, by doing, actually making mistakes with like small amounts, that was sort of how I learned. But if you have something much more intuitive, uh, yeah, I think that's sort of badly needed. Definitely the UX UI of Bitcoin in general. Um, yeah, I think Lightning is actually doing better in, in that sense. But anyway. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. Like, I'm the same way. Like, experimenting and making mistakes is how I learn too. But... Um, we need to be careful, I think, like if we ever, if we realistically want to get grandmas and boomers and whatever involved in Bitcoin and like actually using Bitcoin in a way where they're not putting their pension funds at, or their, their retirement savings at risk or whatever, uh, and we seriously want these people to adopt, like we can't expect them to do the experimentation and, and go through a lot of those um, 
hard knocks lessons that we've learned ourselves, right? I mean, you know, I've, I know what it's like to like invest in scams or to like, um, you know, maybe send Bitcoin to the wrong address because you're not paying attention or uh, like do those little things that are stupid that you mess up and you're like, well, crap, I'm never going to do that again. But um, we don't need to expect everybody to, to learn those lessons for themselves because they won't, right? Or they'll, they'll run into like a, a speed bump and then they'll say, well, Bitcoin is dumb and then they're going to leave for good. So like I, I really think that there's a lot of responsibility for us kind of because I, I feel like m the majority of the people that are in Bitcoin now and are still around, you know, in this market downturn, they're the, they're the true believers, right? They're the trailblazers. They're the ones who have learned a lot of the painful lessons already, uh, hammered out like what a lot of the best practices are. And a lot of them are, are technically complex or obtuse to implement, especially for new users or non-technical users. So like, I, I feel like we should really kind of be pooling our knowledge, pooling our resources and working to, like you said, you know, develop that that ux um really kind of take it to the next level to shepherd in that that next cohort of bitcoiners who probably won't be as technically savvy uh as some of the earlier adopters like and they're coming in because they're watching their life savings get inflated away by irresponsible nation states you know yeah 100 sorry go ahead next person Hey, definitely appreciate it. Uh, everything you're saying, I'm soaking it all up. Uh, and I work with Ben, so I'm a big fan of both y'all's work. Um, it's an honor to be able to work next to that guy. But um, I, I was kind of wondering if th there's maybe not an, an ultimate solution here, but a partial solution uh, with proprietary services in the model of the old like savings account versus checking account concepts where they have their beautiful little proprietary UX setup where you float, you know, your monthly uh, monetary needs with them. And of course, they would be custodians of it in every way, shape and form. Uh, and then you kind of resort back to your own savings in that way of like, well, this is a place where I put my money to store it for the future. I don't do a whole lot with this and I need less of an experience out of it. Uh, is there any sort of potential you could see in that that direction? Oh yeah, totally. No, like one hundred percent. So and and kind of, like, but like what you're talking about, kind of a different layer than I am. So I think we need to. So it's, traditionally in fiat banking, right? We think in terms of checking and savings. Um, I think that Bitcoin requires another layer, right? I think we think and we should be thinking in terms of like spending accounts right that where we're where we're, we're giving up self-custody for access to banking services perhaps or for access to immediate liquidity on lightning or you know whatever it may be right um so we've got like our spending account that's like hot or um custodial or whatever it may be right there's lots of options available there and a lot of them are proprietary and a lot of the proprietary solutions are way better uh than like you know, trying to shuffle around liquidity, like on BISC or something like that. So, and, and BISC, I would say is probably even a little bit proprietary, but it's at least kind of like somewhere in between, but like, yeah, in terms of like the payment side, um, for sure. I think that there is a lot of room for some of that, like in a lot of cases. And then like, there's other cases where something like BTC pay pops up and does like a really good job facilitating it. Um, and, but then I think, like I said, we need to add another layer on top of checking and saving. So my spending account, that's like my custodial account. My checking account should be 
like medium security. It should be where I have maybe a couple months worth of money that I can use to top off my spending account. So I'm not holding large amounts of liquidity with a custodial provider, right? That's providing me like payment, like banking and payment services. And then my savings account, which is like my most high security space where I'm keeping funds that I'm not intending to touch for a decade or maybe more. Um, I think that we, we kind of have the benefit of, of spreading that risk out more horizontally, right? Whereas like in the past in the fiat banking system, it's, uh, it's a very vertical risk gradient because it's like, well, um, I put all my money in the bank and the FDIC insures everything, right? So I don't, I don't really ever think about the security of my funds when they're in my bank account. But with like Bitcoin, the onus is on you kind of across the risk spectrum from your, your life savings all the way to your spending. So you really need to think about how you can spread that risk out across a large horizontal gradient. And that's why I think we need to add another layer of how we think about um, like banking and money, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, so when you say another layer, are you kind of talking about another layer of open protocol that can be used as basically like tools for proprietary companies to use? Or are you talking about a layer that would be essentially a proprietary layer? Yeah. No. Yeah, no. So what I mean is um, delivering an optimized self-custody experience, right? That doesn't sacrifice um, security and privacy just for the sake of delivering a good UX, right? Because there's lots of proprietary self-custody solutions out there that are kind of bad, um, that don't adhere to best practices, that don't deliver experiences that are optimized for privacy and security, that aren't open source, that aren't free. And I think that we can do better. I, I really think that there's a, a lot of very smart people in Bitcoin, particularly people that have worked in software, worked in product design, worked in UX. Uh, and, and a lot of those people have really good understandings of like privacy and security. So I think that we can deliver uh, an optimized self-custody experience that is open source uh, and doesn't need to involve like a subscription to you know, CASA or whatever, and, and delivers like an optimized multi-sig solution that's easy to use for newcomers and uses like, you know, uses Bitcoin Core instead of um, Satoshi Labs' backend or whatever. Cool. Yeah, I, I really hope so. Like, I see more and more movement, not hugely, but baby steps of building on top of Bitcoin. And I just look at all the wasted resources and money and time going into these building next to Bitcoin instead of on top of it. And I think that sounds like a really good idea for a next step, another layer. Uh, really hope to see that direction pushed further. Appreciate you opening this space, man. For sure. Yeah, does anyone else want to come up? Have any other questions? Well, yeah, question. Uh, so, so you're talking about building an open source layer that uh, would be then usable by the various wallet providers. You mentioned Spectre. Uh, a lot of people will use Electrum. Some people are using Sparrow. Um, and then uh, Wasabi is another case. Um, so you're talking that which would be usable then by the wallets, correct? Um, so I'm when I say layer, I'm talking more abstractly in terms of how we think about banking in general, like trying to add another layer to checking and savings, I guess is what I mean. Or like, and, and in that sense, I'm talking more about the proprietary layer, um, thinking about that differently than the way we think about checking and savings. What I'm actually working on is more so of like a, a lightweight wrapper for Bitcoin core that enables a better UX for 
uh, a lot of the technical ways to achieve more optimal security and privacy. So you could think of it like a layer, but I think of it more of like a skin, like a user experience skin for Bitcoin Core than anything else. So you'd actually be building it right on top of Bitcoin Core. Um, I, I guess where I'm having a little bit of difficulty is wrapping my head around uh, the idea that, uh, all right, so there's, there's various wallet software that will interact with Bitcoin Core. And how is this going to be different and how would it integrate with the wallets that people use? Um, because as you said, uh, it's, it's the people that are coming in that uh, are looking at uh, um, treasures or ledgers for, for inadequate uh, hardware wallets uh, and then uh, people that are operating with uh, a cold card on a more advanced level. Right. So, so this solution um, isn't really necessarily to address any one of those people's um, like day-to-day experiences per se. It's more so somebody comes into Bitcoin and says, hey, you know, I've got a million dollars. Um, I want to you know, take it and put it into Bitcoin. I'm ready to cash out my retirement. I'm a true believer now. I have no idea how this self-custody stuff works. How can I get like a really good way to secure all this money that I'm about to put into Bitcoin. And you say, I know just the thing, go download this software called Arctica. It's totally free and open source. It will walk you through from steps A all the way to step Z, what you need to do to set up and use like a very simple, um, to, like simple to understand um, like Bitcoin wallet that uses Bitcoin Core and multisig to, to enable best practices of self-custody for you. Okay. Does so that make sense? Have, yeah, yeah, but but I'm hearing you describe another wallet. Well, so I mean it wallets like wallets are can probably mean a lot of different things like from the user side. Uh it can be like a light client, it can be like an actual full node, it can just be like a wrapper that runs on top of another full node like it's I'm not exactly sure what you mean when you're saying wallet. All I kind of know is like what I'm saying when I'm, or what I mean when I say wallet. So what what I'm talking about is a user experience on top of Bitcoin Core, and that is a wallet in the sense that it's like delivering uh, UI that lets you better interact with some of the functions of Bitcoin Core. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, uh, within my my full node, I've got uh, uh, my Bitcoin Core wallets. Um, but I don't want to put anything into that because I've been told, uh, that it's more visible out on, uh, uh, within the, the, the Bitcoin core network. Um, so I, I had been operating with Sparrow. I found Sparrow to be a little bit clunky and, uh, difficult to use even reading off of my node, uh, off of my node. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, there's wallets and then there's the, the software that integrates uh, the addresses uh, and the transactions that are within and on Bitcoin Core. Um, but that's the user experience that I found kind of clunky and difficult. And I agree, it should not be left to a third party proprietary software. And that's why I'm interested in uh, what you've got going on here with Artica. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like definitely know what you're saying. And it's, it's um, 
technically challenging and it's intimidating to say to have someone say, "Well, uh, you should use Bitcoin Core." like to store your Bitcoin. And then you're like, okay, well, that's what all the smart people say, so I'll check it out. And then you download it, and you're like, well, this seems pretty basic, right? I mean, like, it's got a send tab and a receive tab. And then you find out, oh, no, if you really want to use Bitcoin Core, you've got to do everything through the command line. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm not even, I don't even know where to start, right? Like, I mean, that's, I would imagine most people's experience that have heard that, downloaded Bitcoin Core, tried it out, and then been like, I have no idea what's going on. And unless they're willing to sit down and take the time to learn, you know, how to interact with Bitcoin at the command line. Uh, they're not going to get very far. And, and they may need to be thinking about, okay, what's my network exposure look like? Am I running this through Tor? Am I running it on ClearNet? Like, um, you know, how do I manage, um, like, my keys? Or, like, because this node is a hot device. Like, am I going to store my keys here? Or are they going to be uh, stored externally? Am I going to use an external seed signer? Like, all those things are... Um, things you have to think through, and people shouldn't have to do that much heavy lifting in terms of like thinking how to arrive at a good self custody solution. That's that's really where my head is at. I think there's a good comparison to be made here, uh, useful to see it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, like so in OAuth, think of that as like a layer one, like Bitcoin, where uh, basically, you know, you get a token so that you can access um, information somewhere else. And and what happened was people wanted uh, to build more use on top of that. But rather than build something that would compete with it, uh, they have OpenID, uh, which is like a profile on top of it. And so in that case, you're still using these JSON web tokens that OAuth is using. It's totally compatible with OAuth. But uh, it's either it, it adds more to it. So whereas OAuth gives you like the authority to access something, the right to read a file, uh, OpenID uh, either combines your tokens together or even replaces that. Uh, and then it gives you more information. It's, well, who am I? It gives you authenticity as opposed to authority. Uh, I hope that wasn't too confusing, but basically it's an extended profile on top. So this isn't a wallet. This is an actual like layer of information that anybody can use with Bitcoin, just that um, you don't have to use it, A. You can use it, B. And C, any software creator can then use it and extend it in their own wallets. It, is that true? And then is that useful to Bacon? Yeah, uh, I, I think that that's a pretty decent analogy because... Uh, definitely like one of my design goals is targeting uh, like a lightweight development environment, right? So like not relying on a ton of dependencies, making everything like I don't want to build any features that aren't already. Well, that's not entirely true. I don't want to do anything with Bitcoin that couldn't just be done with Bitcoin Core, right? So like I want someone to be able to like this project to cease to exist and everybody's Bitcoin to be totally fine because Bitcoin Core survives, right? It, yeah, granted, it might take someone with a little bit of technical knowledge to, like, figure out, um, you know, what, what to do, right? To, like, kind of pick up the pieces. But, um, what, like, that, that's what I mean is, is developing, like, lightweight open source wrapper around Core that, that harnesses Core's functionalities and just makes it easier to use for the people that aren't power users. Um, while taking that that increased functionality and using it to deliver uh, like an optimized self custody solution right to the user, rather than making them having to do a lot of the thinking that we've already done, right? Yeah. So your example is really good, actually. I, I 
think if I understood Jeremy correctly and uh, tried to put it together with what you've got um, is what you're looking at is uh, designing a, uh, an easy, almost intuitive GUI on top of the command line. Uh, yeah, that's probably a pretty decent way to look at it. With um, and the grand vision is also to have like some some tertiary features that um, that will enable some some um, like extraneous features that go beyond just what Bitcoin Core can do by itself. But nothing that is going to like lock you out of uh, being able to just use Bitcoin Core. And I know that that's kind of vague and probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh, really it's a way to like try to achieve like encryption uh, that, that the vast majority of it is to like enable encryption on people's um, multi-sig uh, packages so that like their descriptors aren't in clear text. And if someone finds your descriptor, like it's not, uh, they don't like, do they're not able to dox all your privacy instantly just because it's going to be encrypted. Uh, so trying to find a way to do that redundantly and then maybe also offer people some other services like, Hey, I want to go log into my wallet and this guy has a gun to my head. Uh, so instead of typing in my normal password, I'm going to type in my duress password. And that's going to let like a team of people know who run these servers anonymously. Hey, uh, there's a bounty to go help this guy who's being held hostage because he just entered his duress pin. Does anyone want to take this call? Like, you know, those are the types of services that, that like cypherpunks should be thinking about building. Right. And I'm sure that they are. Um, but like, I think that we're, we're kind of already there. Like we have the money to make this type of technology possible. So like, why can't we have like a duress pin where every time you try to log into your Bitcoin core wallet, you know, a, a file with all of, with your address and it gets de-encrypted or decrypted and sent out to like these people who, who send like a team of people to come check and see if you're okay. I mean, that'd be pretty damn interesting. And, and that's the type of stuff that like, I'm really like, that's where my head is going. Like with this type of stuff is like, well, if you can nail the user experience for self custody, then like you could nail user experience for some other really interesting tertiary services that you could build on top of Bitcoin uh, that would that would really give people like a lot more that would really make Bitcoiners like a lot less attractive targets for extortion and theft than someone with like a million dollars in stocks. Right. I mean, if, if, if at any point in time someone using the Arctica protocol could like press a button and, and summon like a like a team of armed guards to show up at the house to check to make sure everyone's okay. I mean, that's not a very attractive target for theft, right? And and maybe to clarify, like when I think of GUI, I think of something that makes a suite of tools more useful. Like the tools are already there in the protocol and the GUI just makes it easier to use. Whereas this would be actually creating a whole an, an extra suite of tools that other software designers could, that could then go out and use. Is, is that correct? This is an um, end user app level thing. This is uh, a protocol level that other end no. user apps can make. Yeah, no, I'm not really looking at making like building libraries and tools and stuff like that in that sense. Like it is very much more so a GUI. Um, oh, okay. But part of like the services that we want to enable may. I, I don't think that like we've totally decided yet if uh, the the tool that we're we are thinking about will be like totally free for anybody to to run or if it'll be um, more so of a way to provide like Red Hat support for the GUI. But I think uh, that that 
I'm kind of thinking it in, about it in two steps. Like, you've got the GUI, which, yeah, enable, like, just kind of brings a lot of the more powerful features of Bitcoin to, like, a better user experience and, and does that in a way that's, like, optimized for self-custody, security, and privacy. And then the other side of it is, like, some of the tertiary services that we're going to develop on the back end to try to, like, add to the experience. Uh, and, and I think that those are going to be open source, and I think that those are going to be available to everybody, but I don't know for sure that like those we're going to develop like robust toolkits for other developers to come in and add and tinker in that sandbox but i don't know the answer to that yet i totally foresee hey, that I'm, happening though <laughs> trying to yeah. visualize heavily on clown what you're saying and and find an analogy is it gonna be something like you know how you have thunder hub and white lightning uh basically on top of lnd as sort of the GUI, and you don't have to use it. You can go to like the, the Lightning command line to sort of work with it. But most people, when they sort of start r running Lightning nodes, if you get one of these, you know, Umbrella or MyNode implementations, uh, you know, you can go that route and it makes it pretty easy to interact with Lightning. I would have, I am actually gonna say that it's, it's much easier because of those types of implementations uh, rather than Bitcoin Core, because Bitcoin Core is very very limited feature sets that you can do based on GUI, right? So is that what you're trying to do? Like, so uh, you're on the Lightning or Thunder Hub mm -hmm. or Core? Mm -hmm. So you're on the right track, right? So you, the way that you're thinking about this is absolutely correct. Um, it's, it's a GUI that's going to just take existing feature sets of Bitcoin Core and make them easier to access and use. Uh, but, but, you know, I don't want to just design, like, another wallet that improves the UI of Bitcoin Core because that's been done, right? I mean, like, there, that exists. Um, what, what I want to do is take it, like, another step uh, where not only are we making, like, the more advanced feature sets of Bitcoin Core accessible through, like, a, like a streamlined GUI that's easy to use and easy to understand, I want to deliver, like, a, a handheld experience through, to, from, I'm a new person who, who just knows the bare basics about Bitcoin, to, I have the best, most secure self-custody setup possible, right? Uh, that that's the experience that I'm targeting right there is like taking a newbie from not knowing much about Bitcoin to have because like it's one thing like if, if you tell someone, OK, Lightning's really hard to use. But if you download Ride the Lightning, it makes it a lot easier. Right. So you're like, OK, so you download Ride the Lightning and you check it out and you're, you get this huge dashboard with this like really complex GUI that lets you do all kinds of really interesting things, but you don't know the first thing about any of it. What are the best practices for managing liquidity on your Lightning node? You have no idea. You can start to learn that and play with these tools on your own, uh, but you're still very much being dropped into like a power user experience. Um, what I want to target is is not so recreating the wheel in terms of delivering a GUI that makes Bitcoin Core easier to use, but delivers an experience that makes self-custody like optimal self-custody possible for a new user of Bitcoin. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's going to be a fine balance, though, because you're going to be trying to bring, like, the Apple user experience to, to the mass. And I don't know if you can necessarily do that without compromising sort of the security features. You know what I mean? I mean, are you going to throw away the understanding of, BIP, you know, uh, 39 seat phrases, that type of thing. You, you understand yeah. what I mean? Yeah, there definitely. Is, there's different levels of abstraction. And and I think at the very least for self, people who do self-custody, they do you need to understand certain details of, you know, what are seat phrases, what are derivation 
pass, public key, pri private key. But if you can make and abstract all that so that it's easier for people to get it and then get on board with self-custody, fuck, more power to you, man. I'll fucking test it out for sure. Yeah, and, and I don't really, I like, I definitely don't want to reinvent anything like that low level like i'm not looking at creating like a new derivation scheme or like anything like that like it's more so um yeah i want to throw away bip 39 but that's only because bip 39 is not in core right like core is like the set of golden standards in bitcoin and i think that bitcoin software needs to do a better job um kind of playing within the rules that core has kind of already established like there's a and and I mean, I'm careful. I need to be careful here because I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because I'm talking about building some some tertiary things on top of Bitcoin, right? That enable like new feature sets, but like, and then I'm over here like bad mouthing Bit39, which just makes you know it easier to read seeds for for like more human readable formats. But uh, so I, I guess I guess I don't want to throw too many stones there. But uh, I what I want is like uh, whenever possible, right? Like make Bitcoin as compatible and usable with Bitcoin Core as possible. Um, like I think, yeah, when you talk about like derivation pass, like that all the different hardware wallets use and deterministic seed phrases from BIP39, I think that stuff is terrible because you cannot, um, it, it's, well, you can, but it's really difficult and you need special knowledge to take like your Bitcoin from Trezor and like get it onto Bitcoin Core. Like that is not an easy thing to do. And if Satoshi Labs, for whatever reason, were to go out of business tomorrow, uh, and stop supporting Trezor, like a lot of people would be in a really painful situation. And I think that that's a really bad user experience to like set up because it's really just a ticking time bomb. And I, I want to, that's why I want to target like a lightweight development environment that doesn't, you know, recreate a lot of wheels and, and use a lot of dependencies to like um, do complex tricks when we can just use what Bitcoin Core already has and just put a skin on it and, and make it a little bit easier to understand. Last question. Uh, looking at the title, are you making the thing multi-sig by default, or what's the thinking behind that? Yes, because multi-sig is the optimized way to achieve a higher degree of security assurance with self-custody. So, like all else being equal, uh, somebody with a with a with funds that they're holding in multi-sig, they're going to be more secure than somebody that's holding funds in a single-sig wallet. All else being equal. Right. Thank you, man. No problem. Has anyone else got anything? Because I'm probably going to wrap this up here in a couple minutes. Uh, I'll, I'll be doing a lot more of these spaces in the future, like as the, as the design gets more and more fleshed out. But right now, like, I'm just kind of excited to talk about it. All right, I'm going to wrap this up, guys. Um, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. And I'll see you in the next one. <laughs> Peace. Best wishes to you.